Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How was Body Power? Oh, it was really good, actually. Yeah, you got some yeah. good crowds, I saw. Yeah, crowds were good. I got to meet some of the awesome Upgrade U team. Brilliant. Um, drank a bit too much, ate a bit too much, socialised a bit too much, but it's really, really good this year. Normally, I'm kind of like, oh, I was a bit bored by the end, but yeah, it was buzzing. Excellent, good to hear. And I'm not sure what... um, Jonathan, I'll tell you all the juicy chat afterwards, right? Yeah. But we'll we'll get on with the podcast. I'm sure not everyone needs to know that. (laughs) Excellent. Cool. So um, I've got questions. I'm not sure if you've got them in the same order. Um, I'll ask Emma Lauren? Oh, Lauren. I've not got a Lauren, so go ahead. (laughs) Okay, well, Lauren Blackhall, we spoke about her question last week. She'd been on holiday, she'd put on a little bit of weight. No, she'd not put on any weight, but she felt like maybe she'd sort of body recompose, so she'd maybe put on some fat and lost Mm. a bit of muscle. Um, She's she's saying that she's trying to ascertain, love that word, Lauren, um, how much damage uh, she's actually done in terms of the fact she's not been training as much and how much muscle she's probably lost and how much fat she's gained. Is there a way to understand this? And kind of like, no. It, and, and it's such a small amount that it doesn't matter. Like over that period of time, and I'm willing to bet that by the time Lauren hears this, yeah. she's probably already like recomposed. So there's numerous reasons you can feel a bit like quote unquote fluffy or maybe a bit fatter, but you've probably not put on a lot of fat. You've probably yeah. lost a minuscule amount of muscle in that time. As long as I'm assuming that you're now back in the gym and hitting it hard, that'll come back so quickly. And we said this last week, and I guess you're just maybe overthinking it a bit, which is absolutely inevitable. And I'd be a complete liar if I said I wouldn't do the same thing. Yeah. But I'm assuming by you know a week later, you've probably realized that actually you're pretty much back where you started, if not further on. Um, the reason that you're probably feeling a bit watery or fluffy or maybe felt like you're a bit fatter is because you're probably holding on to a bit of water retention. Your muscles aren't feeling like toned and hard because you've not been training them. Um, th- that sort of factor. And I mean, you're, you're also likely overthinking it because you'll know as well as I do. And maybe Jonathan isn't completely included in this, but like I can look at myself and I was actually speaking to uh, Karen about this at Body Power and I was like, I can look at myself in the morning and be like, oh, or like at any point in the day, let's say I was at the gym, I'm like, I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in. Like I look great right now. And then literally five minutes later under different lighting and maybe I don't have as much of a pump on or something. I'm like, this is the worst shape I've ever been in. I really need to sort myself out. Like you kind of play these mind games with yourself um, and you've got to learn just not really like now I just don't listen to that I'm like well if I was happy with myself five minutes ago like it's really not that bad and you know just get on with it um I guess that's my take on that have you got anything to add no no I mean we did we kind of touched on this last uh, podcast and then your points as well have just kind of finished it off very nicely so yeah just uh you're right in saying you maybe added a tiny bit of fat lost a little bit of muscle but as Emma says that's minuscule, especially since it was just four weeks' time. And by this time, you're probably right back to close to where you were. Um, as long as your nutrition's been back on point, you've been training properly. Um, yeah. Yep. And I uh, mean, going back to, I just said a presentation basically <coughs> on, on this concept. So, it, you know, it, one of the times when you can build muscle and lose fat is after a, a, a layoff. 
So normally it's quite hard to do those two things simultaneously at the same time. Mm-hmm. But one of the times it does occur is after you've had a bit of a layoff. So after a few weeks off, maybe. And I'm more talking longer term layoffs. So after maybe you've been injured and you had to have six months off or something. But, you know, you've definitely not done any damage. So don't overthink it. Um, and I had another point, which I've forgotten now. So should we move on? Yeah. Um, Karen's next. That's the next one I've got anyway. Um, Karen Creston, who you met this weekend. Yes, she is awesome. <laughs> and she has asked, how important is specific core training on top of a program which includes compound movements? So I would say not very as, as a kind of on the grand scheme of things, because yes, if you're doing deadlifts, lunges, kind of any kind of single arm carry, so like offset lunges, if you're holding a dumbbell in one hand, for instance, um, Romanian deadlifts, pull-ups, all those kind of exercises are going to be challenging your quote-unquote core um, very, very well. On top of that, I wouldn't add on, I would still add on some kind of direct abdominal or direct kind of core work on top of that. But in order of importance, you are getting a great deal of that from your, if you've got a good training program set up, which you will have following hours. Um, well, actually, Karen is one of my VIP clients. She yeah. has a, a very good training program. <laughs> there you she's go. Also, she's also very strong. Yeah. But- yeah, so for for this question, like, I know that you specifically are hitting the basics, but it's a good question to speak about anyway. Yeah. Um, most people do sort of overemphasize, like, oh, I need to do setups and X, Y, and Z, and chucking them in now and again is good, fine. It, it's it's more of a, like, what's your priority? So get in, yeah. do these big lifts. They will w- work your core anyway. Yeah. Then if you've got a bit of time at the end of your session and you want to do 10 minutes of abs, great it's probably not going to make a huge difference to you no. um i kind of weirdly like the feeling of like having burning abs like mm-hmm. uh but apart from that and like and i'm very aware that probably makes absolutely no difference to <laughs> how my abs look it's much more the level of body fat you have yeah um and for karen she's really concerned with performance as well so things that are going to increase her core strength as opposed to abdominal work so yeah maybe like a pull off press yeah. or like you were saying offset lunges maybe leg raises um because yeah. you've got to really hold your core there especially if you're doing hanging leg raises yeah bird things dogs, like that yeah. i mean i put bird dogs in but i'm just not a big and the weighted no. ones i quite like the weighted ones it depends it obviously it depends on individuals and how they kind of feel and adjust to it it's very easy to break your form but um but yeah yeah um, it is one that i find like I'll put it in people's programs. It is a good exercise. It kind of stretches you out a bit as well, but it's yeah. one that's performed so poorly so often. Yeah. Like if I'm with a client doing it, they're yeah. like, oh, holy hell, I was doing it wrong. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it, it is actually quite hard if you make it hard, but this is true, I find, with any core exercise, yeah. pretty much. You can make it really easy by just using the rest of your body. Like say, for example, a pull off press. Yeah. If you just start using your arms and sort of swinging a bit, then or like a wood chop mm-hmm. it's, it's easy as it, you know if you make that movement hard and you engage your core that's how you get a strong core yeah. most core movements can be done with momentum and do absolutely nothing for your core yeah i agree and i think just going back to karen's question as well for let's say if somebody only had 45 minutes in the gym would i be given two exercises of ab exercise ab work within those 45 minutes Probably not. I'd most likely maybe give it on one certain day 
and then really get that brunt of those 45 minutes, 40 minutes focusing on the other exercises, which will engage your core as well. Yep. Awesome. Uh, what's oh, I'm just going to add one more thing. Okay. I am, um, <clears throat> like I was saying, they're not high on my priority list, sort of like ab exercise, you know, uh, more ab stuff rather than mm. core. So, but even in terms of core, like if I'm doing the plank or something, I'm not going to put it at the end of my session and just do the plank. Like I'm going to be like, right, well, I'm doing leg press. So I'll plank in between. Yeah. Or, you know, like a sort of, <laughs> I'm doing another assistance exercise. So yeah. I'll do sit ups in between my lat pull down because I know it's not going to affect my lat pull down strength. Yeah. That's what I makes, agree. But then I'm very much a like 40 minutes in and out the gym. Don't like to faff around too much. Get as much as I can in that mm -hmm. time. Um, yeah. Right. Oh, moving on. Uh, so, still Karen. Mm -hmm. And we've got, I'll ask you this one. So we've got, in a fat loss phase, is it important to try to hit your calories if not hungry or too busy to, or too busy to eat? Okay, so it's less important. I mean, if you're not hungry you're trying to, and you're trying to lose fat, eating is kind of like, no, there's no point. Like say, but I'm going to say that within context. So say your, your calorie allowance is 1,600 calories and you've got to the end of the day and you're maybe even as low as 1,350. Mm -hmm. But you've had a fair amount of protein. Let's say you've had at least 100 grams of protein and you're not hungry and you're not bothered about eating, don't bother eating. If, but if you can take a step back and be like, right, okay, actually, I generally feel quite tired on this. Oh, you know, this week I've been quite tired or I've not trained that hard. I could have pushed myself a bit harder. Um, maybe I do need to eat a little bit more, even if I'm not quite that hungry right now. You've kind of got to weigh up yourself. Like if you just reach the end of the day, you're a couple of hundred calories short, then that's absolutely fine. As long as it's not affecting your exercise performance or your general energy throughout the day. Um, you can just sort of add that onto your deficit, which is great. And I guess, yeah, like I'd always err on the side of caution. If it's fat loss, okay, well, let's make sure I'm certainly in a deficit. So, you know, whenever I'm dieting, which is not very frequently, but, and I don't tend to do it the same, exactly the same way, but say my target was 1600 calories a day, I'd maybe just always be about 1500, uh, like 50 calories less than that. Just because I know that little things add up. No one's perfect at tracking. And if my goal is weight loss, I always want to err on that side. Um, if my goal was to put on weight I'd all, and my, my targets were 1,800 calories, I'd always go sort of 1,850 just to make sure that I'm in that surplus and that's my goal. So it's kind of as simple as that. Like if this is your goal and you're not hungry and you're not, you know, if you get to the end of the day and you've had 800 calories, yes, bloody have your dinner. If you have a couple of hundred calories short, that's fine. Yeah, no, I agree. I think as well, just to make sure that if you are eating a lot bit less, you're not as hungry, really ensure you're getting your protein in. So what we don't want you to see or what we don't want to see is, oh, I wasn't hungry. I only ate 60 grams of protein today. Like that's a no-no. So make sure that you get your protein in um, within those calories. Make sure you're getting in enough kind of fruit and veg as well because we want you to be nourished as well like we don't want you to just be kind of starving yourself if that makes sense but even though well not starving yourself if you're not hungry obviously but we want to make sure you get your nutrients in yeah exactly you're, you're totally right like there's much more than there's much more to health and performance and fitness and basically life than a calorie deficit so it, although you might lose slightly more fat that week like does that make you particularly healthier like are you getting in enough nutrients are you getting some of the good stuff yeah 
Um, yeah, so if you aren't hungry, <coughs> then certainly don't have something that's not adding much to your diet anyway. So if you aren't hungry and you're below your protein, try and get something that's high protein. If you aren't hungry and you're like, oh, I've, well, I've only had an apple today and I've not had much veg, well, try and get some more veg in or some fruit in so you've got those nutrients in as well. Yeah, and I've got one more from Karen. Have you got that one there, Emma? Do you want me to read it? I'll read it for you. Does alcohol, open bracket, in moderation, say one to two times a week, close bracket, have any impact on body composition if factored into daily calories? Um, I can only think that it can hinder recovery slash performance because it replaces other foods that foods that may provide fuel energy. Um Oh, no doubt I have more to add. Oh, yeah, that's more. Okay, yeah. So basically that. She's kind of answered her own question, but yeah. I'll let you jump jump in first. Cool. Well, as far as the kind of muscle recovery side of things concerned, there's not really enough evidence to say, yes, it's bad. Yes, it affects it. Or no, it doesn't affect it too much. Um, it can affect testosterone, but again, the the um, impact it has on testosterone or the negative impact it has when it lowers in testosterone slightly doesn't really affect you at all. So it's not a, it's not a large enough amount to have any kind of negative impact on that side of things. So there's, like I said already, there's not much research exists on it. So I'm not really saying there's like no negatives yet, but there's not really been any showed as of yet. So yeah, as far as it comes to the negative impact on body composition, as long as it's factored into your daily calorie allowance, yeah, that's completely fine. When we're talking about one to two times a week, um, I'm assuming it's not all out binges because that, like you've already answered, like you've already answered in your question, is going to it probably ensure you're not going to get enough protein and you're not going to get enough fruit and veg in. Also, if it's nights out, your sleep's going to be affected and your quality of sleep's going to be affected if you are drunk as well. So that's obviously going to have implications with recovery, etc. too. So um, it will, alcohol is, is um, converted first. So if your body has alcohol in its, in its body, in its system, it's going to convert that first and try and get rid of that first. So it oxidizes it before anything else and um, just to kind of get it out of the system so yeah it will prioritize that but yeah it's not really going to be anything that's in moderation going to affect your results at all in my opinion yeah i completely agree and in, in, in the question it's already said like if it's factored into your daily calories and yeah. karen's already sort of <clears throat> that the only way she could see the or the plausible way that that could affect you is that if you're saving too many calories for alcohol so say you're like i really want to have five gins tonight so i'm gonna eat like nothing yeah then you're not getting your nutrients in so there's that and then you're right in terms of energy sleep quality i mean i'm have knowing karen fairly well like i'm assuming it's a glass of wine a couple of times a week yeah um absolutely no negative side effects to that at all and you you know, if you want to, you can argue that there's benefits to that. There's antioxidants. Of, yeah, exactly, the antioxidants. But then you can argue again that now there's some research showing that even like one, like any alcohol increases your risk of cancer because it's carcinogenic. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't do anything that could potentially be carcinogenic, you'd just sit in a room. Yeah. But I don't know, probably breathing is, you know, potentially. That's so it. anyway, you can get sort of too far down that line and you can... Yeah be a bit of a hypochondriac don't go out in the sun today guys it's uh that skin cancer stay inside yeah yeah but what about vitamin d jonathan exactly there you go just take a supplement well yeah but then what about (laughs) you what about its effect on your calcium and magnesium levels just take a supplement 
Yeah, but you don't know how, <laughs> you don't know how that's going to affect them. Oh, well, we'll just guess. We'll just take more. Mm, well, but then you can get brittle bones from that. Can get brittle, then we'll just go get, and do some strength get osteoporosis. training. Just go squat. I find that so odd that, you know, yeah. vitamin D can... Well, it does reduce your risk of osteoporosis, but you yeah. know, or or a deficiency will increase your risk. Yeah. But then also take too much supplementation. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know it's great. It's that's the thing. It's all I as we always talk it, about. It's always. Um, yeah, we had a sort of um, conversation about this in the group, and it and it was about supplements and stuff, and it it always comes down to you know a good balanced diet, and actually your body <laughs> is unbelievably good at keeping all of these things in check. Like absolutely. It, that's what it's good at and people call this is called homeostasis but it does this for everything like water balance vitamins um blood glucose levels like all of this they're so finely tuned that when you start manipulating that it it's just not a good idea if you don't have to if you don't have a specific deficiency Mm -hmm. i'd really try and avoid it um we even had one girl i think someone put something up it was in the free group about um joining her quest to drink more water oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in a week well i actually i don't think you saw it because i had to delete her comment because it was it was basically a paid another paid fat loss group that was based on the fact that if they forced you to drink more water you'd lose weight and there was like oh, right, it's a right. two, the person who loses the most weight wins two thousand dollars and i was like oh, right, right. Right, right. yeah okay so yeah but e- even water balance like the reason we feel first is because that is a sign that your body needs water and it's asking you for it. And the reason mm. that when you drink more, you pee more, because that's a sign that your body's flushing out that water because it doesn't need it. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, it, you, you will stay in a very tightly regulated balance if you can listen to your body, which I get it isn't as simple as what I'm saying because the same should be true for hunger. Mm-hmm. But if you can get to a stage where you can listen to physiological hunger as opposed to psychological emotional social hunger um then that's sort of where you get into intuitive eating and that's where your body tells you basically what it needs absolutely so donna last question Uh, i've got two more after this one all right okay then we'll better get get going on this yeah don't know when would you choose casein over whey protein Never. Never, ever, ever. Um, no, no, no. I wouldn't say meh. The argument for would be having casein at night. It's a slower mm. digesting protein, which means that <coughs> potentially it's going to be beneficial if you're not eating for a long period of time because it takes a while to digest and those nutrients should stay in your bloodstream slightly longer instead of peaking and then coming back down again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not going to be much difference. Casein isn't as good as whey at, at any other point. Yeah. Um, it's also pretty gross, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, I agree. And I think as well, if you're wanting a slower digesting protein, then there's dairy. You can mix your whey protein with some milk, for instance. Um, if that's yeah, it's really going to taste you... a lot nicer. Yeah. yeah, if that's something you're really kind of worried about. But an order of preference, like I, I've, I don't think I've ever told, in the last six years at least, told a client to take casein protein. No, I've not. No. I've never, don't think. No, I probably did tell people to take it at night at one point. I'm not going to say I didn't. So years <laughs> and years and years, many moons ago. Um, cool. Next one's from Lindsay. So she said she understands that hormones are the reason why at certain times of the month she feels physically weak and craves sweet things. What is the science behind that and what can I do about it? 
Thanks. Well, you really can't do very much about it. Yep. Um, except it, work with it. Um, a, weirdly, a lot, well, maybe not weirdly, but interestingly, a lot of the talks at Body Power, um, oh, not a lot, but okay, two, that I actually listened to covered this a little bit. And it just made me think you're going into way too much detail. So I guess for them, it was a very broad statement. So, you know, in this in this stage of your cycle, you should be trying to lift heavy. In this stage, mm. you know, you're going to be a bit weaker, so you could take a like a bit of a an easier week, like a <coughs> deload week. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, that's just completely. You know, there can be numerous reasons that you feel stronger and weaker. It's not necessarily your cycle to start with. Yeah. Some some months you're going to have a really painful cycle or you're going to feel especially low or especially weak some months you're not uh some people are going to have really bad cycles some aren't and in fact when you're working with clients 60 percent of women are on some kind of hormonal contraceptive so you can't give out these sort of general statements of oh do this at this week do this this." and also even the fact that you know some people's cycles are 21 days and some Mm -hmm. are up to you know 40 in some cases and some months these change. Um, there's so many factors involved, and it's. It, I guess if you want some of the science behind it, it's the balance of progesterone and estrogen, um, and how that can affect your strength. Mm-hmm. I just would not worry about it at all. No, it's, it's, a, it's a few days. With, yeah, yeah. Work with how you feel. Um, if you think you know, if you're struggling that day, like be a little bit empathetic towards yourself okay let's lower the weights a little bit if i'm really not feeling it but at least you got in the gym and you ticked that off that's brilliant yeah absolutely um saying that and this is off topic of this but in particularly in one of our groups at the moment there's quite a lot of i feel a bit sorry for myself i'm not getting results um this that and the other and empathy is so important and jonathan and myself are hugely empathetic to your situations to your life constraints to what you have going on but at the end of the day it has to be something you prioritize and if you don't do the work if you don't stick to the targets you won't get results Mm -hmm. so we have people checking in and they're disappointed they've not lost any weight or they're disappointed they don't they haven't lifted heavier or their measurements haven't changed Mm -hmm. yet they haven't stuck to the program yeah and you just can't expect it like it doesn't matter if you paid thousands of pounds for the best coach in the world. I mean, that's already us. But, yeah. you know, you can, you can buy the quote-unquote best program. You can get training sessions twice a day with the best coaches. If you don't put in the work and you don't stick to it, you won't get results. And it is as simple as that. And this comes a bit back to mindset, like you're feeling sorry for yourself or you're using yeah. things as excuses. Like, everyone has excuses. Yeah. And, on a larger scale, like the way that your life is going to end up is completely dictated by how you react to the situation you're in. If you know, if you don't like how you look in the mirror, don't speak negatively about yourself. Don't speak, you know, don't put negative comments out. Don't say you're unhappy with this, you're unhappy yeah. with that. Do something about it. Absolutely, definitely. Like there's a lot, especially in one group as well. There are a lot of there's m- many more po- negative comments and there are the positive ones isn't there so there's a lot less. yeah and it's yeah it's so strange because every group we've had so far and it's spe- like even in the graduates like how i love it so much like yeah. every day I, I see someone 
has put something up and they're like, oh, just smash this workout. Or, you know, even if it is a bit <coughs> negative, it's like, oh, I had a really bad day yesterday, but I managed to pick myself up and yeah. I'm happy it didn't last the whole week. So there's a positive. I've managed to get back on it already I'm in, and I'm in the gym. Yeah. And like even just, everyone just seems to be like picking each other up and yeah. even if there's a little bit of negativity, you know, people will comment on that being like, oh, that's brilliant. You know, everyone has an off day, but you've not felt sorry for yourself. You've just decided, actually, I can do this. I'm doing it for myself and I'm back on the quote unquote bandwagon or, or whatever. But having a positive attitude, like I'm sounding like some kind of mindset guru here, but... <laughs> Having a positive attitude will change your life. Like, it, I don't know, I can't say it anymore. Yeah. Just your outlook and how you react to things. Like, for me, I've always been, you know, if I wasn't, I don't know, if I found, if I was disappointed at, say, I couldn't bench press X amount because I thought that I'd be able to do that, oh. that inspires me to do better. Like, when I used to run, if I had a crap race, yeah, I'd maybe wallow a bit for about five minutes and then I'd be like, right. How am I going to get faster? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, you know, I'm a bit disappointed. I thought I had a PB in me, but actually, you know, maybe I'm not as fit as I thought I was. Right. How can I, within a, like an hour, I kind of get over it and I'm like, right, what can I do to get better? How can I train harder? What am I doing that's holding me back? And, and I guess the most important question is, how are you going to implement that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, that's great points. Like there's always, there's always a negative, there's always something that can be done about the negatives. There's always something you can do differently. Like if you're not lost weight one week, have you been sticking to your calories? No, then that's what you need to do. Same kind of yeah. thing. If you've not been checking in, like our daily check-ins are so important. Like the people that are getting the best results are the guys that are checking in daily. Like there's no coincidence mm-hmm. about that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, that's another thing you can do because you can, even if you've had a bad day, I did a really good post about tracking your bad days or your quote unquote bad days are more important than your good days. The ones that are successful are still checking in with those days. Um, yeah. And then on the grand and scheme of things. And they're being true and they're accounting to those days and that's, yeah, like there's so many people that are like, oh, here's my perfect calorie day and like, do you think we're stupid? Like, there's no way you hit your calories bang on every day. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no way yeah and you even get the clever um, ones that say they ate 1300 calories when the target was 1400 like, no you didn't you didn't get exactly 1300 uh, calories every day like be honest like track things perfectly and the thing is like that there are so many reasons that you might not be losing weight and we're here as coaches to help you find out why Absolutely. what you can do well and sort of problem solve with you and support you through that but it, the fact is like it you can't lie to us because we already know if over we know that weight fluctuations can happen but if you've been with us four weeks and you've stuck to your calories consistently yeah and you've not lost weight you're not in an energy deficit and you've not been sticking to the plan Absolutely. it's as simple as that Absolutely. we've sort of a cat you know there, there are a few things that could be so Say, say if we weren't also looking at your step count and looking at your activity levels and your exercise, then we might say, okay, well, actually, maybe she has been sticking to her calories, but that's resulted in really reduced activity levels. Mm-hmm. But we look at all of this. Yeah. And we know all of this. And if you stick to the plan, you will get results. Absolutely. And if you're not, we're not saying you're a bad person or you're lying or, well, you know, we're saying, how can we help you? You need to be honest with us. Okay, actually, I lied, like... I don't really track this, this, and this. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Maybe we need to look at an approach where you need to track a bit less. Yeah. So maybe we opt for maybe a low-fat diet where 
you know, you, you can quite easily be in a deficit without having to track quite so anally and weigh everything out. And maybe that's going to suit you better. Mm-hmm. Or you might say, okay, actually, I've been eating out loads and I'm just not sure what the best options are. And I've kind of been trying to track, but I wasn't sure. Okay, right. Here's a guide to eating out. Like, here's some great options like McDonald's, Burger King. And you can get like decent salads from there now. There's literally no excuse for it. Yeah, absolutely. But if you need our help and support to get you there, that is why we're here. That's what we're here for. But you need to be honest with us and not just say, like, what are we meant to do if, if we've set you calories of 1,600? I know that that will put you in a deficit and you've said you've stuck to it and you've not lost any weight. Yeah, all, like, all centimetres, yeah. What what can we do? No, yeah. I mean, and I mean, wait over time. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I yeah, mean, yeah, like yeah. we're talking about, like, say you've been with us four to six weeks, you've not lost any weight. Yeah. And that that's pretty rare, but say that happened, like, it puts us in it. Like, how are we meant to help you unless you're completely honest with us? And there's no judgment. There's no like, we know this is hard. Yeah. We know that the fundamental energy balance. That's <coughs> so. That's really simple. That's basic. How you implement that? That's hard, and that's why we're here to help you. But you have to be really critical of yourself and share that with us. So, okay, I did look back and actually I tend to track everything at the end of the day and maybe I have been missing things out. And you're like, okay, great. There's something we can work on. There's something, you know, it's, it's actually a positive when you come to us and say that because we're like, okay, right. Now we can do something about that. Now we can get you losing weight again. Absolutely. No, I agree. But the honesty, that's the first step and just like, like, Emma said, there's people that are on the ball all the time and that's great. Like, don't compare yourself to those people. You were on your own journey. If there's certain things you're struggling with that they're not struggling with, then you need to let us know and that's what we'll help with. A lot of these people that are being so successful have asked us these questions, worked it out for themselves and are continue to, continuing to progress. Mm-hmm. And I guess one thing I will say as well is that, like, this is group coaching and as much as we'd love to work with you all one-to-one, like, people pay a higher price for that yeah. because they need more of our time and it takes a lot of time like for example Karen gets a lot more of my time yeah and she's got a very individual approach but that is different than the group coaching which is more a community and we're all supporting each other and we really nail the basics of you but the amount of support you get from this group is I've never seen a group like it like where do you get daily check-ins yeah nobody does that and it just keeps that accountability there and that's why we get better results than others yeah absolutely I agree Cool, we've got one more very, very quick question from Jani. And it was, how is meal, sorry, how is meal timing important? For perform- Can I for just say, I also met Jani and we, oh, also, yeah? we also spoke about this at Body Power. Ah. And she's really awesome as well. Like, oh, I can't get over how like, lovely they were. John, I actually went over and did some kettlebells. <laughs> did um, you? Did you get signed I, I, up? Sorry, I say I got absolutely schooled at kettlebells. She was like, um, what you're doing now is kind of just like a curl and press. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. Mm. She's like, there's absolutely no swing there. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, to give her due, is like, great teacher. Um, awesome. I, I wasn't great at it. Um, yeah. Karen was a lot better than I was. But, yeah, it was, really, it was really cool to meet them. And, yeah, anyway, so how is meal timing important to performance? Yeah. That's the question? Yeah, exactly. So on a very simple um level to fuel performance and i know specifically for Jani, um she's doing 10 minutes of work which means she's and and hard work hard sort of anaerobic work so she's really focusing on 
her primary fuel source is going to be anaerobic metabolism and that's carbohydrates. Yep. So she wants to make sure, especially when competing, that her glycogen stores, so the carbohydrate stores in her muscle are full, which means, you know, you probably don't need to carb load as much as what a lot of people would like to think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely need to be eating carbs Absolutely, uh, before, yeah. before a workout. Um, if you're doing that kind of really intense anaerobic um, exercise and for performance reasons. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And then there's also your protein before and after as well, or within kind of your workout. So you're having protein before your workout. And let's say you're working out at 12 o'clock. If you have have protein at 10 o'clock, you have your workout at 12, you then got at least kind of an hour until you have to take it again, ideally. So it's your work. If you work up sandwiched between two protein feedings, five hours apart, if that makes sense. Um, within five hours apart, that's going to be the best way of getting sufficient protein enough to help your muscles recover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you're really nailing it. And I guess that's more of a that's more of a long term adaptation to training sort of perspective as opposed to the perform like having protein before your um, competition isn't going to affect that competition, yeah. but it's going to affect how you recover and progress from that. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome, that's everything. Brilliant. Another great podcast. Um, yeah, awesome questions. Sorry yeah, awesome. that I kind of went on a little bit of a rant. Not at um, all. But I feel it was useful. That's it. Speak to all of you soon. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye.